0: Beleza, eu fico com a tristeza do amor que viveu de ilusão, sorrindo a propria dor. And
1: we'll do every four, right? Hello, KK!
2: We are all here! Yay! <laughs> Always fun trying to figure out volume buttons. Did I make sure I'm monitoring everything?
1: <laughs> so I have a question. Are you hearing me in a major delay?
2: No. Am I here? Are you hearing me in a delay?
1: I hear you, and then I hear you. (laughs) Okay. I just have major uh, delayed echo going on, but that's okay. I think um, I can work around it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I've I've been there, done that, and it gets frustrating. Mm -hmm. But I've but but I've done it. That's
0: all right. Karen, happy Wednesday.
2: Happy Wednesday. It's business time.
1: What are you cooking tonight, Karen? And from the Keto Kitchen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, was, I read um, the guy from the Today Show, Al. The Al guy. Roker. Al Roker. He lost 40 pounds on the Keto Diet. Yes, I
1: Interesting. saw that.
2: Interesting. Said something to my sister about the possibility of starting it, and uh, she said that a friend of her husband is on it and ended up in the hospital with heart problems, and they blamed the diet.
1: I don't know. Well, didn't um, didn't Joyce have an issue with that, and she had to modify it? There was someone online. I thought it was Joyce. I could be totally wrong, so forgive me, Joyce, if I'm incorrect in that
2: so it's baked cod and keto mm. mac and cheese
1: that sounds delicious I'm coming over Karen I wish I could come over <laughs> well we Karen's we're, not that far from us and no? I just have not been able to go see her because of my life right now but that's okay we'll get no. there
2: She's on one side, I'm on the other side, and you're in the middle.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Is that monkey in the middle? Monkey in the middle. <laughs> that, would right. <laughs> that would be me. That's right. That would be me. Oh, my gosh. Cheese well, sauce cheese over sauce. Riced, riced, cauliflower. riced cauliflower.
2: I actually had riced cauliflower not too long ago. It's not mm-hmm. bad.
1: I love it. It's one of my go-to side dishes because at the grocery store... You can buy it in the frozen section now, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's easy to make. And you can flavor it with almost anything from curry to tomato sauce to cheese sauce to whatever. It's really, really great.
2: That's true. So, anywho... Yeah, we have (laughs) announcements.
1: Yes, what's cooking in the the SR kitchen today.
2: SR's Kitchen has a (laughs) book coming out in December of Gabriel's Promise. And uh, that the man in the back suit has been translated in French. And the Prince and the Roman are due April 8th. And... Uh, the Czech version will be coming out. I don't have it in May, but I don't know the exact day. Um, the Italian uh, translation of the Florentine series uh, is being published by Del Rey Edzone in Milan. And que, bella. que bella! The Prince will be out Will be in April and Raven will be out in October so that should I be love lots and lots of fun and let's see what else we got going on uh, Gabriel Movies set to start filming in Toronto and Italy in fall of 2009 yeah. and uh, make sure you sign up for all this stuff and she's following Dr. Hyman from the Cleveland Clinic and Joyce's help Joyce's help
1: Cool. Great for the keto. So mm-hmm. I think that's really important um, that you're, you know, doing things in alliance with uh, guidelines from a physician because that, you know, that helps to make sure you're safeguarding your health. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my cousin has been on the keto diet for quite some time, and she's lost a lot of uh, weight. And she feels really good on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's great.
2: I just got a notice on my phone that Alex Trebek has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer.
1: No. Yeah,
2: it just popped up on my phone.
1: Oh, my gosh. First, Luke Perry with his stroke. Uh and now, Alex Trebek,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's been a rough news week.
2: It has been. In the world of
1: pop culture.
2: That it has. That it has. So, well, I understand, Dan, Nina's, Nina's had pneumonia forever, or bronchitis, so she's hopefully she'll get better soon, too.
1: Oh, I hope so. That's yeah. no fun. No. But, you know, a lot of it is uh, when you get... That diagnosis, you have to pretty much stop what you're doing and rest. Mm-hmm. It's it's because you if you don't stop what you're doing, well, from, it
2: happens
1: it to pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And then you really end up having to stop because if not, you end up in the hospital. And then exactly. you have no choice. <laughs> so... Wow. Well, um, yes, as KK says, with the keto diet, once you hit your goal, you can start adding things back in. And um, she also said it is terrible about Alex Trebek. So well wishes and healing um, thoughts and prayers going to Alex Trebek and his family um, as he fights his battle uh, with cancer.
2: And the and the answer is.
1: Okay. hmm So. So with else? that. Um, you know, I think we keep reminding people about uh, making sure they're on uh, SR's Fox's Den mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. Facebook, and make sure we have uh, people sign up for SR's newsletter at Uh We wanna make sure you are up to date on the latest announcements and news uh, for SR's fans. Mm-hmm. It's really, really important um, to be able to have that direct contact um, from the author so you can get the latest news because this year is really filled with a lot of activity um, for SR and it's oh, very, yeah. very exciting. Um, hello, Betty. There's
2: Miss Betty. Hello there. Glad you could
1: join us today.
2: It was yeah, because he's got so much going on, and you know everybody tries to keep everybody up to date. But if you sign up, you get it right from him, and everything's cool.
1: Exactly. From the source of from the source of authority. That's
2: right. That's
1: the right. who knows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I should uh, recognize for those who are in uh, the Christian faith, today is the first day of, I should say, the non-Orthodox Christians are celebrating Lent today. Um, so going into this period of reflection, um, So uh, thank you for joining us. Hope everyone uh, had a good Ash Wednesday.
2: So far Um, it isn't too bad. A little cold here.
1: Yes. Exactly. And I hope you had a great Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras. Had my fash nuts. I know. I was going to ask about that. How was your... How was your trip to Lancaster? Oh Kent? they were
2: good. They were good. Bird in hand. Bird in hand bakery. <laughs>
1: you, oh you can't you can't go wrong with that.
2: Nope.
1: Yeah, oh and getting Betty...
2: chocolate for Lent.
1: Oh my gosh Betty you're a stronger woman than I. I don't know if I could do it. I probably could if I put my mind to it.
2: I haven't decided what I'm doing for Lent yet. I like the idea of putting something in a bag and at the end giving. Yes. Treat. You know, I like that idea.
1: That's actually, um, uh, my dear friend Suzanne does that every year, 40 bags. She, she will donate 40 bags of goods, either things that she was planning to give away or she'll buy groceries and give them away. Um, but she usually will have things that she's, uh, donating to, a variety of Areas, places. Um, and you can do things like anything from donating clothes to a thrift shop or Salvation Army. There's a ton of places that will accept donations. Um, towels, even towels and sheets that are ratty and torn often can be donated to pet shelters.
0: That's so
1: true. and then left books that you no longer, Uh, read or want to share with someone else you can donate to some libraries accept them some uh, literacy centers often are looking for them Uh, local YWs YMs other social service agencies so there's lots of ways to share and care this uh, season.
2: I remember we living in an apartment in our basement laundry room we had a whole library going so you give a book take a book give a book go back and forth yeah great idea so
1: and then really really
2: next week we are going to celebrate um acacia's birthday so i cannot believe it's time already i know i know it's getting close to saint patrick's day which is her actual birthday but we'll celebrate it next wednesday
1: yes in advance of the day
2: Yes, since probably you know she's headed out someplace exciting with mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas. So that'll that'll be interesting. I Definitely, don't wanna be a, I do not want to be a fly on their wall or <laughs> wear <laughs> <This laughs> for that moment.
1: This so. is true. This is
2: true. Anywho, so we last left our arduous couple with her almost leaving and all upset. What's going on? (laughs) And Nicholas coming in and her actually coming down and uh, saying what she was telling Nicholas all about her father. Mm -hmm. So
1: yes it, it got real
2: it did get real <laughs> very, very intense real.
1: Uh, uh, and I, I don't know if you saw Betty said if anyone asks me Acacia will be 29 again I love it good to me yes it does and um, as we start For- chapter 41 um, they they are together were you going to say something there I was just going to say
2: uh, she could be the 10th tenth- anniversary of the last time she stopped counting (laughs)
1: this is true I love that I love it I think Acacia now has uh, has pretty much opened herself to Nicholas and there are not many secrets between them anymore so Um, and this is why she is uh, she's with him and uh, begin chapter 41, because Acacia is uh, with Nicholas, uh, but she couldn't sleep, even though Nicholas was holding her in his arms. Her mind just kept going. She was afraid that her father had seen her, and she was worried for her mother, and also worried that her mother would not speak to her again, because uh, her mother was furious, and... Um, about uh, Acacia being in that part of the world where they vowed they would never go. Um, So Acacia also worried that she may have taken closure away from Nicholas and his family because he had to cut his meeting short to come find her. So Nicholas, uh, Nicholas was very cognizant of her anxiety and her stress, so he had made sure the bathroom lights had been kept on, which added light to the bedroom as well as a small oil lamp uh, that was lit on the side of her bed for the warm for its warm glow, she whispered, "I'm so sorry." And Nicholas asked, "Sorry for what?" And she said, "Everything." He kissed her temple and told her that it was too much to be sorry for, Mona Moore. And she tried to keep the tears at bay, and Nicholas just pulled her closer to him. This scene was so beautiful, I mean, I just hurt for her. She was in pain and she just was really, really beside herself.
2: And I like the way he was trying to comfort her and, you know, just being, as Betty says, being very considerate of her.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So his chest was flush against her shoulder blades. You can see how they'd be laying in the embrace. And he says, Haneen, you are na- you are safe now in Arabic.
2: And just so you want to know, that's Hanyan Aman Alan.
1: I and go- did the translation. You Googled. <laughs> I love it. You know what I should have done? I work with someone who is fluent in Arabic and Farsi. And had I thought about it, I would have had him uh, say these lines. Maybe I'll try and do that. I can ask him if if there's a way we could do it. But it's it's really, really a beautiful. Um, hear him speak it; it just amazes me. But I'm always in awe of uh, linguists anyway. So. He is such a good man. He's sweet and comforting, as Betty says. And, you know, when Nicholas said those words, um, Akasia asked if he spoke Arabic. And he said no. But he had asked the staff during the afternoon to translate, and he practiced saying it, which, oh, my gosh. And I know, just melt right now. I just, again, this scene was just made me more... Um, just more adore, adoring of Nicholas. Um, you know, she said, you did that for me. And Nicholas told her that he would continue to call her Acacia unless he told, unless she told her, her other, him otherwise. And he kissed the back of her head. She said hoarsely, Hanin is lost and put him in danger. Nicholas told her that she is not lost. She was right there. But she did not know how to feel and she had kept the secrets for so very long. And she feels that she has put Nicholas in danger and he assured her that she had him. He knew the truth and he cared. He also was not worried about the danger but wanted to know who else knew the truth, who knew the real truth of her identity. And, um, Betty made a comment. I love this audiobook. And yes, Betty, I totally agree. Um, I think, uh, it was really well done. Um, and you know, I am a big fan of Morgan, but I think this book was just beautifully, beautifully done. No, no, um, did Robert. A great job with it. Yeah, he really did. Um, Acacia told him that her mother, father, the government official that they bribed, and Nicholas, um, as well as his team, are the only people who know the truth. And Nicholas said he hadn't shared with his team. All, he, all his team knows is that her father is a threat to her. They don't know the truth about the identity. And she sighed with relief. And then Nicholas asked if Luke knew, and she actually said no. Um, When he decided to join the BRB, she ended things with him because she was afraid of what would happen if he found out. She was afraid of the repercussions. And, you know, Nicholas asked, what was she afraid of? And she told him that she was afraid of what it would do to Luke's career, and she was also afraid that someone would investigate her because of him. And, of course, I just love the fact that Nicholas was, you know, testing the waters, kind <laughs> of trying to see. Um, she, he knew that she had a relationship with him. I don't think he knew quite how close they were. And I think he was tr- trying to get a little bit of that out of him.
2: Trying to dig into that.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. He was an inquiring minds want to know, right? Yes, yes.
2: So Nicholas stated that he knew she was Muslim, and he had accepted that. And because Acacia was kind of worried about that, Uh, right? She she told him that she had her faith when she'd come into France and was afraid of her father and was afraid of being discriminated against and right now in France in particular with the Yellow Jackets they are having a bad time with that and I, I know when I was there it was it not long after the Bataclan was uh, bombed or somebody went and shot it up mm. and they had another terrorist uh before that uh some guy I think around right. chocolate or Uh, a bakery or something and shot up a bunch of people. And that was more Mm. anesthetic than anything else. Right. So I can see her point of trying to want to hide who she was a little bit. Uh, She said she had practiced her religion in secret, but always wore her hunts of pendant. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nicholas asked if she had loved Luke. And so... Akash asked if he meant her father, and that's when he said no, Luke. And his voice had some tenseness. To right, right. Said, right, right. Because she said,
1: right, right. I mean, this is where he's like crying, uh, prodding. Uh,
2: crying, yes. He,
1: he just she... needed to know. And as Betty said, tough times.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So she said, yes that kind of takes him back a little bit so he rolled her on her mm-hmm. back and, and sort of hovering over and asking do you still love him and she said no oh uh. and i'm sure that uh you know he did it, it made it a lot easier for him so betty also saying that uh uh, this reminded her of the Jews hiding their beliefs during World War II. It's true. Yes. Right, right.
1: Acacia trying to hide, hiding her, um, the fact that she's Muslim. Um, yeah, Betty, I think that's a great uh, connection. I think that's a great example. And I'm sure that there are, are uh, people in many parts of the world that are still in hiding and not,
2: oh, definitely. You know,
1: um, they can openly express the religious beliefs.
2: You know, I I, I just remember Phil's you know, story themes about um, his his white, late wife, Colette. She was in France during World War II, and she is she was oh, sorry she was Jew, Jewish. And her mother uh, sent her to the south of France because she had a sister who was married in the south of France to stay while the, um, you know, when the Nazis first came into Paris. And then mm. uh, because of the way the, uh, everything was going, the sister, they had another family in Algeria and Colette was eventually sent to Algeria. Her sister in the south of France was okay, quote-unquote, because she had married a Catholic and had converted when they would gotten married. So that was okay. But she did have family members and her mother sent to concentration camps. And, mm. uh, you know, so it was just she had a couple sisters and that's it. Which is very sad.
1: Oh, it is. It is, and um, I, another comment in the chat room, uh, Karen says, "I know this is a, this is off topic, but um, I think it was worth mentioning." Uh, it's five thirty p.m. and it's still light out in uh, our neck of the world, and I am rejoicing about that. As Betty says, "I know Karen, spring is almost here," and just as a reminder. Uh, it is daylight savings time in uh, at least in Pennsylvania. Um, at least for now, there is a legislator that wants to eliminate daylight savings time in Pennsylvania. Um, yes, I heard that on the news today. I thought that was ridiculous, but um, as a, it's a reminder that we are turning our clocks this weekend. Uh, I'm just reminding and putting it out there because I completely did not realize that until I heard it on the news today.
0: I thought it wasn't coming till April, so...
1: Yeah, it's it's actually this weekend. So we spring forward and head into the light. Yes, fall back. Uh, <laughs> yes. So
2: after, so after he, he lets out his huge sigh of relief, She's looking away, and he's like saying, "This thing, this kind of changes things," and um, he said, "The truth changes things." And looking away, like she understood. So he's he's like caressing her cheek, and he told her that he would keep her away from the media, and she didn't know um, what that kind of what that meant because Pierre Breckman you know, he was never really in pictures or anything, and she, so she asked how that worked. And she, he told her he uh, avoided places that had the paparazzi, and if they did get pictures, he would pay them off. Uh, He told her that she could have, she could have told him before, it wouldn't have made any difference. And she pulled his hands from her face saying that, you can't say that. You have no idea what would have done if I had told you. And Nicholas kind of assured her, holding her hand, saying, "You know, I know me. I know what I know myself. Uh, and that's all he would have needed." Uh, she then looked at their mm-hmm. hands, and she and she's like, asked, "Why aren't you afraid of my father?" And Nicholas asked, "Well, should she be?" Uh, and she's saying, "Well, he's a terrorist." Nicholas told her that he had dealt with men like him before and that it probably wouldn't have bothered him. But he. he
1: right. Like, and did you see Betty? Betty has said Nicholas and his squad are ready to help Acacia. That's Nicholas true. reminds her of James Bond. Yes. I think, yes, definitely. Which,
2: which, by the way, all the James Bond movies from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig are now on Netflix as a collection oh my gosh Mm -hmm. I just passed that along love it thank you um but you know she said but he could kill you or he could have you killed and Nicholas didn't respond and she's like doesn't that trouble you and he said my sister was murdered I'm on a mission to find her killer and he had an elaborate network designed to protect him and those that he cared about. Uh, that network wouldn't hesitate to take anybody out if they'd come after him or, or his his uh, people that he cared for. Uh, and, and he, he... rumbled, Acacia, stay with me. And she moved her eyes to look back at him, and he touched her cheek and says, Well, my network is different from your father's but he was confident they can protect us. He not only trades in artwork and <laughs> antiquities, but he trades in information too. Ah, <laughs> uh, ha, ha.
1: Uh. I loved, I, I, you know, this, this was an interesting part of their story because this is Nicholas saying, look, I am a protector. Your father doesn't scare me. You know, I, I, I know how to deal with men like him. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it is very James Bond. You know, it is very, um, very, it does feel very much like uh, Nicholas the Spy. Um, and as Betty said, um, your announcement about the Netflix um, uh, offering James Bond movies, uh, she's now saying this calls for a James Bond marathon, yes, binge watching while eating popcorn. Um, yes, uh, count me on uh, that binge watch. I love Watching the James Bond, um, all of them actually. I like all the different eras. And as she says, Nicholas fears no one.
2: Of George Lazenby. Or.
1: Well, yeah.
2: Timothy Dalton, but that's okay. (laughs) I
1: I actually thought they all brought different, great, different. Aspects and qualities, oh, they did. you know. They
2: did. I just didn't particularly think they, they fit the role too well, but that's.
1: me mm-hmm. I'm a. Uh, I'm excited to. I can't wait to see what the next iteration brings. Um, but again, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. I I because of the James Bond uh, franchise, um, and because of the success of it, uh, I really think the man in the black suit would translate very well and do Most, very well. Definitely. On screen. We might have to get that option to SSR. Just we saying. Man, to
2: talk to Cubby Broccoli's daughter, Barbara Broccoli. Uh,
1: yes. Oh, Karen says she watched these film, James Bond films with her dad together all the time. Well, I know I love that too, Karen. Um, it always makes me happy when I'm watching something that reminds me of a loved one, um, because it's like they're watching. They're still watching it with us. Yeah, used um, to watch them all the time together. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's iconic, and a lot of people will do that. So, um, oh, she just said, "I knew this was going to come." <laughs> Sean, Roger, Daniel, my favorite ones. Yes. <laughs> I have to say, Daniel Craig. I, when I, I first, be okay. Yeah, I just was so impressed with the way he he's uh, carried on the brand, and I loved. Like I say, I like them all, um, but it's uh, they're all really good. Uh, Betty said his name's Casper, Nicholas Casper. Nicasia looks, and Cassia Cassia looks like a Bond girl. girl. Of course, she's beautiful, smart, and voluptuous. Uh, does not surprise me at all. But she could. She's a modern Bond. She's a modern Bond girl. You know, she doesn't. She's not a pushover by any means. Not at all. Uh, so, Nicholas uh, revealing that he trades in information, um, in addition with the antiquities and the artwork acacia was you know intrigued by that what does that mean exactly he told her that it means that he has contacts in various intelligence agencies and that they share information and um acacia simply thinks which we all kind of thought at one point i at least i kind of thought at one point that perhaps nicholas is actually a spy and he denied it firmly saying no um he's only an asset to those agencies. He chooses when to share information and what he shared. Um, And they do the same. uh, So it's reciprocal for them. And it's been both uh, very profitable for both sides. And this scared Acacia because, um, you know, it's kind of an unsettling type of an arrangement. And, you know, think about this. Acacia was you know, not too long ago, uh, just trying to keep under the radar, be very indiscreet, serve as a best concierge she could be, um, enjoy her life in Paris, and, you know, uh, continue to live and thrive in the city she loves. And uh, from going from that kind of very low-key existence to being um, involved with a man who uh, trades uh, information with national intelligence agencies, um, both uh probably both above the board and below, um illegal as you know. Uh it just it has to be very unsettling. Sure um and as Betty just says, the leading men in the boss's books always have connections with important people. is that the uh, truth? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I think it's what makes it very in- interesting and engaging you know mm-hmm. it makes me wonder too if SR has connections with very important people
2: I, I, you know what, one of the things about SR's men i've love noticed that they they're um down to earth in certain respect but mm-hmm. they go to the best stores they have the nicest clothes um When they buy things for their female companions, they're very upscale. And Mm -hmm. especially with Acacia and the research into ladies' lingerie had it been interesting.
1: (laughs) This is true. This is very true. You know, you could always do Agent provocateur, but he went (laughs) one
2: step farther into some place that pretty much hands make it for you.
1: Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Only the (laughs) oh, and Betty never disappoints. She just said, "I wonder who are Paul's connections." I love it. I always, I always wait because I know Paul will be entering the chat room. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Paul, Paul has uh, agricultural connections.
2: That's true. Ben and Jerry.
1: Ben yes. <laughs> ben and Jerry. Although that would be a great connection to have right now. Mm. I would like that. I'm a fan of I Chubby would like Happy. that too. I, like I love Hubby. and there's another one that I like too. Mm. They're so delicious. I highly recommend the tour. I was we were there in Vermont, um, when in the midst of our fifty states before fifty adventure. And definitely, definitely if you're in the Northeast, go go to Ben and Jerry's. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we had, uh, <laughs> Betty, <laughs> Betty likes how you think, Pam.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when, when Patrick was in elementary school, they had, like, you know, like at the end of the school year, they have, like, a a field day or a picnic or something, like, the last week or so of school. And Ben and Jerry's had a fundraising truck that they brought in. And
1: you could get whatever oh. the Ben and Jerry's
2: you wanted, and the money that they made went towards whatever local charity. So.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. It was I wonder cool. if they still do that.
2: I think they do. I mean, they, you know, it de- depends. I mean, because I know
1: Ben and Jerry were bought out by somebody. Yeah. Um, I think Unilever. I do or remember that too.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't think at that point they had been, but yeah, no, it was pretty cool.
1: That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Uh, Betty was thinking of cows and rugby players, but the ice cream connection is better. <laughs> well, you need those connections to That's right. uh, appreciate the
2: reading of Dante better.
1: <laughs> this is true. Um, I I do think, though, rugby having some connections to rugby players would be quite fun. Yes. They're a crazy lot. Uh, Most of the rugby players I know are um, brilliant and crazy, in the best possible sense of the word. Yes, my friend of my son's was
2: a rugby player.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. One of the funniest things was um, with rugby, um, I always laugh and my family always thinks this is the funniest thing, because if you know me, I'd I'd, I'd be like the, the... (laughs) <laughs> the less success, the least successful rugby player. But when I was a freshman in college, um, they were recruiting for um, a club team at Penn State for rugby, and the some of the uh, some of my uh, dorm mates were trying to get me to sign up. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine me playing rugby? Is that no. hilarious or what? <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> they were really serious. They're so, like, you could do it. You could do it. You're a dancer. You can run. I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was the funniest thing. There's a part of me that wanted to do it just to do it, you know. But, (laughs) oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: Jamie Dornan was a rugby player,
1: by the way. Oh, I I could. I would love to watch him play rugby. (laughs) I could watch him do anything, though. He's more of a golfer now, I think. (laughs) (laughs) But. (laughs) Yeah. KK says that she loves rugby. And Betty said, "Nice. I tried watching a rugby bank game and was so lost, but I watched the whole game."
2: <laughs> well, that's yeah. like one of the first soccer games. I went to a professional soccer game mm-hmm. when I was I think it was like 19 cuz a uh, classmate at the college I was going to was dating one of the players and she got us all tickets. Oh, I and love it. I just couldn't I couldn't stop staring at the legs. I know.
1: Size. <laughs> well, rugby. It's funny. Uh, my high school boyfriend uh, played rugby, and he also played lacrosse. And at the time, nobody played lacrosse in my area uh, growing up. Nobody knew about that sport. And uh, my boyfriend actually played with the um, some of the guys he met in Maryland. And as I think a lot of people might realize, there's lacrosse has had been very, very popular in Maryland. And he played with people who were like at Johns Hopkins and some of the, the colleges. And I remember watching it. And I guess I was, I had an idea of, of what was going on because it kind of was similar to uh, hockey and soccer a little bit in some of the rules. But I just was so fascinated by the the stick work and the, the fact that they were throwing this ball around and catching it with this, Stick. I remember um, having to play it in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. And now lacrosse is a major sport around play. here, but at the time, it was kind of like unheard of around here. My my cousin Marcy's yes, son. Yes, Betty. <laughs> Rugby players have strong legs. That is the truth. My cousin
2: Marcy's son, uh, it, it was went to Tredafryn High School and was all state in lacrosse. And oh wow! He was recruited by um, uh, West Point and went and played at West
1: Point. He graduated. Late. Wow! Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah, I, I a, I'm in awe, awe of people who play um, sports, especially at a collegiate level. It's just you know, there's a lot of discipline, a lot of talent that goes into that. Um, so, and he was a
2: good looking. Oh my Hard work. Yeah, because I, I, uh,
1: I went to my that's... aunt's funeral, and he was there. I was like, whoa. Oh. Yeah. So. so he graduated last year?
2: Graduated last year. He got engaged right at graduation. Um, Aw. And I don't know if he's been deployed yet or not. Marcy hasn't said anything, so.
1: Wow. Uh. Well, I hope for the best for him and his... Uh, Fiance. And, um, yeah, it's, that's, it's, it's amazing how time flies. It really is. So we're back with Acacia Nicholas and, uh, you know, she's intrigued by this whole information sharing and, you know, he, he refuted the fact he was a spy He was firmly denying it. He's only an asset to those agencies. He chose when to share information and exactly what he shared. It was very profitable for both sides. And Akasia was just scared by this whole thing. And Nicholas told her that her father may be a threat to her, but he is a bigger threat to her father. So again, Nicholas the Great. Um, And he said if he were to find out her identity he would find him as well and uh he, he you know he's i think he's doing this in order to try and protect her, you you protect her and he goes mon Amour, i'm not telling you this to frighten you i'm trying to reassure you you know he essentially was saying she was safe with him and You know, Acacia just wanted to get back to Paris. She wanted to get out of that part of the world, Um, even though they're staying in this beautiful property with amazing uh, service and great um, amenities, but she just wanted to go back to her home. And Nicholas told her, I don't blame her. You know, especially after the scare she had. Um, And Nicholas told her tomorrow um, he had made all the arrangements and they were going to go back. And as his hand slipped down to her hip, he had one request of her. And he got very serious. And he said, if the time comes for you to leave me, tell me before you go. And she tried to protest and promise me, he said. And she did. And okay, I was a little taken aback
0: I was that too.
1: he said that to her. And I'm trying to figure out if he said that because he was afraid that she was going to leave. If he just wanted to re- reaffirm how she's feeling. Yeah, I'm just not sure.
2: Yeah, I I was kind of unsure of that, too. And I think it was more of a um, just-in-case that's what she's right. going to do
1: to protect himself. Exactly. And so as Betty says, I'll never let you go, Nicholas. <laughs> 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 I know, seriously. I, I don't yeah. think I'd ever let Nicholas even out of the house. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a little bit difficult. I know, but I think they're in such a nice cocoon when they're together. You know, I think she feels so safe with him um, that you kind of have that desire to just kind of shack up and and hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cue the Titanic music as Betty's. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I make sure that what's his name gets on with rose on that nice little panel rather than jack it's jack Jack, right jack rather than hiding out in the water (laughs) that's right that's right
1: oh my gosh but but i you know i i did um and i'm hoping sr will answer that question for us um because you know he he was comforting her and he already had just affirmed that she's not in love with luke mm-hmm. i think he you know i don't know if he was thinking that she might now be afraid of him because of the fact that he and you know revealed that he shares this in yeah i don't know these um, yeah and karen says i think it was because he was afraid that she would leave to protect him like she did for Luke. Now that, I, I can see ridiculous. that too. Yeah, I, you know,
0: cause
1: but she, she, but I, I don't know, because Pierre's like, or Pierre, um, Nicholas is like, you know, bring it on, almost. I mean, he didn't quite go that far, but he's hmm. like, I'm not afraid of your father. I know how to deal with him. Um, so it's interesting you know, I, it's it's interesting I, perspective. I think
2: their relationship has gotten close enough where she can be more open about um, about things, as can he. But I think there's still that little bit of doubt back there, you know, right. of trying to trust and moving further together.
1: Yeah, so. I, and I think they both have... Um, big challenges when it comes to trust um, for for very, very good reason. I mean everything is very warranted um, but it's tough and they have really um, if you think about it, they've gotten very close and very intimate in a very, very short period of time. True. And I think that could play into it a little bit too. So um you know, at this point, he made her promise him, and she did. You know, she said, if if she has to leave, he will she will tell him before she goes. And he squeezes her hip and reminds her, "I've got you, Acacia. I've got you, Heine. Anyone who wants to get to you will have to go through me. And she screwed her eyes shut and buried her head into his neck. And thus ends the chapter. He got you. He got you, girl. I got
0: you
2: under my skin. (laughs) I got you deep in the heart of me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and i haven't
2: even been drinking <laughs> i know i love it
1: oh that's kk i word. love it <laughs> karen says i wish someone got me <laughs> we got you girl
2: we got you that's for sure
1: yes i know oh it would be uh, nice to have it would be nice to be got by nicholas though i think right oh, yes yeah. oh, what yeah. a great character it's one of SR's, he writes He writes a great male lead, I've got to tell you.
2: That he does. That
1: he <laughs> as, does. As Betty says, hold me, Nicholas. <laughs> <I love laughs> you know when I start singing again? Because <laughs> I got one going in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But, you know, I, I really like the way SR has layered the relationship. And, you know, they kind of... Building up the trust as the layers are peeled back, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's really, really. Um, it speaks to his ability to write a very strong character, that's and true. I think that um, is very illustrative of a lot of his writing. I mean, he's very, um, very detail-oriented when he's describing settings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another, another strength of his. His storytelling. And that's very true. It's captivating it it brings you in and draws you in and you want you care about these characters, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean we talk about them uh every As week. They were right here. <laughs> I know. Sitting at
2: my dining room table having coffee.
1: <laughs> yes. Or Grey Goose and uh Tonic. Yeah, tonic. <laughs> gotta get the organic one. That's right, Tito's. You could go with Tito's uh, vodka if you want the. Uh... Actually, Tito's is gluten free. I don't think it's organic.
2: My sister gets organic tonic.
1: Oh. There is an organic vodka. I've seen it. I just cannot remember the brand. Um, but organic tonic. I like it. Oh, and as Betty said,
2: They are like us. Like us. It's true.
1: That is for sure.
2: Insecure, loving.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Varied histories. Yes. Lots of life experiences. I think a lot of people have overcome obstacles, overcome challenges. Absolutely. lived with heartache Uh (laughs) oh karen i i'm not surprised karen would know this she said yes it's made in philadelphia Philadelphia.
2: yeah i'm I'm, i i know the distilleries around somewhere i see it when i drive up 95 to go pick up my granddaughter Mm -hmm. as soon as you get on 95 it's you see the sign for it so my sister drinks
1: their gin ah gin and tonic very good does she go with the cucumber or does she go with the other
2: um, actually she goes for the dirty martini
1: the dirty martini Mm. olives olive juice Mm -hmm. uh yes they love research (laughs) Mm -hmm. ah karen thanks for the name stateside Stateside urban urban craft. craft We'll have to check that out.
2: Yes. So, and it's like when you get organic wines, your mm-hmm. organic wines don't have the stuff, the sulfates, sulfites or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that can give headaches.
1: Right. So. Um, Karen says it's not only organic, but it is also gluten-free. Nice. So, that fits right into your keto diet, doesn't it, Karen? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure because I don't know if there would be a sugar involved in that. And I know
2: I'll tell you what. My mom years ago, um, my mom was told by her doctor that she had to watch her sugar intake. She wasn't diabetic. Mm -hmm. I guess she was pre-diabetic. I don't know. Mm But um, they told the doctor told her that she should drink vodka. But either cut it with water or straight.
0: Because mm-hmm.
2: when you add any of the uh, tonic waters or bitter lemon or any other mixture, mm-hmm. uh, it, that, that brings the, the calorie count up.
1: And, and that, that uh, is that is true. That is true. So,
2: I, you know, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll even drink vodka with club soda.
1: Oh, yeah. That's usually what I'll do. I'll get vodka club Um, And sometimes if I want a flavor, I'll get a flavored tonic or a flavored club soda, which still has some sugar, but it's not as much. Or if you're at a bar that has really is, you know, has fresh fruit, just have a couple pieces of fruit (laughs) tucked in. In
2: in my single days, (laughs) uh, my friend and Suzanne and I would order a vodka and soda with fruit and it was lemon and lime. I love it. Then we would get a fruit salad in
1: the the glass by the end of the night. (laughs) (laughs) I could see that. I could totally see that. Uh, KK says uh, Burbank is also one. And Mm -hmm. uh, she said Jack and Jameson is also uh, part of the uh, keto plan. Mm
2: -hmm. That's nice.
1: I know. That's very nice. I'm good with Getting the Jameson. Getting the Jameson out for St. Paddy's Day, right?
2: Well, yes. I think my sister's doing St. Patrick's Day this year.
1: Nice. It's a Sunday this year. So.
2: Yeah, I think we'll be doing it (laughs) on Saturday. (laughs) Yes. So, because the little one will be here.
1: Oh, that'll be great. She'll love that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and one more chapter for your book, Pam. My early days with soda and fruit. Uh Uh-huh
2: we're interesting
1: <laughs> Just saying. there probably could be a couple books from those years Oh my God. <laughs> i i met um i
2: one of the things i did was i worked part-time in this bar that i used to hang out in mm-hmm. uh, called the single wing it was in my planes on westchester avenue oh, wow. it was owned by a guy by the name of bobby harland who played uh, for the Green Bay Packers and the New York Giants and he was also in the very first Super Bowl or what's now known as the Heidi Bowl and uh, he, uh. you know with the I remember seeing his ring every now and then when he would come into the bar um, but uh, the New York Rangers practiced close by at Rye, play, Rye Rink and I play Lynn and they would hang out at the bar that I went to so
1: oh I my to gosh a
2: few of the players I dated one of them <laughs> for a short period of time um my favorite you're just was, it's
1: just like the Helen hunting book Pam <laughs> <laughs> just like Pucked well,
2: yeah I remember <laughs> meeting her at a book signing and, and I've got the book
1: I know you do. I <laughs> I remember saying you gotta get this book because you you dated a professional hockey player. I think it would be so funny. <laughs> uh, it
2: was interesting. John uh, John Davidson was was fun though. He was he was a character. Oh, went, I have no doubt. <laughs> when he would drink, I he I remember him coming in one night, and the other girl Mary and myself were working, and he grabbed both of us and threw us over his shoulders. I He's a big man. And we ended up going to another bar in Rye, New York, by the Rye train station called the Mug and Ale, and getting phone calls from the manager at the single wing. You got to
1: bring back my waitresses. <laughs> you, do, to- you realize now I'm Googling John Davidson, right? I'm yes. just doing that right now. he was you a goalie. That, right?
2: He was a goalie, yep. and I think he did um, some announcing for the Rangers. And he also, I think, did some stuff with the with St. Louis. I think he just went out there not too long ago.
1: Oh, Pam, he's cute. Yeah, he he's was age, cute, and he's aged well. I'm just he saying, he has aged well. Um, and he's president of hockey operations for the Blue Jackets. I think That's it's it, one of the Blue St. Louis yep. Blue
2: Jackets. Yeah. Yep. So he was—he was a lot of fun. He was really fun. I remember one night. I used to belong to the bowling league where I worked. Uh huh. He had gone back to the bar after bowling one night, and he came in, and I mean, he was wrecked. And oh yeah. We were all just sitting at the bar, and I was sitting with my knees against the bar. Uh huh. So I was like leaning back, and he comes in, and he grabs my leg. And he takes my foot and and takes my sneaker off, and he threw it on the other (laughs) side of the bar, and then he took my sock off and threw it behind him, and started sucking (laughs) on my toes. Oh my God! I will never forget that. Oh my God! As long as I live.
1: (laughs) Oh my (laughs) God!
2: What the hell are you doing? You know, it was fun. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, as Betty says, another chapter for your book. She goes, just another day for Pam, hanging out with celebrities <laughs> and athletes. And she asked, Pam, do you hang out with the Pope as well? No, but I do have his picture <laughs> from when he was in Philadelphia. <laughs> I have a picture with the cutout Pope. So
0: does <laughs> when he was in
1: Philly, they had at the rest stops, they had the cutouts of the pontiff <laughs> My friend Reese and I took a picture with the Pope. Well, he so, was, that's probably he as was, close as I'll get. He <laughs> was staying at Saint Charles Borromeo Seminary. Took Oh God! He was staying at Saint
2: Charles Borromeo Seminary, and which is right along City Line Avenue, mm-hmm. and that was the direct route to get to the the expressway to get him into Center City. Uh huh. And. I remember they were bringing... He was going down to the city for something. And they... In fact, I, we had a podcast that day with, for the Florentine series. And mm-hmm. I, I walked up, because I'm a block away, I walked up to the street. And the any of the cross streets had garbage trucks in front of them. So you couldn't get in. <laughs> and they completely closed off city line to so they could just bring his motorcade in
1: wow and i can imagine that
2: so and he was in a little fiat and he was sitting in the back seat and all, and all of a sudden going by with his white arm <laughs> hanging out the window
1: oh my gosh yeah that is so cool
2: so, but no i i, I don't really fun. hang out with him and which i, I love haven't been to Madame Tussauds to <laughs> I, see the wax figure. I'm just,
1: I'm just laughing because where else would you find um, the reference of foot porn and the Pope in in, a, in the span of like three minutes? I'm just saying. That's uh, that's his entertainment, folks. Right, right here.
2: <laughs> I, I told SR one time that um, it, I think we, I was do I was drinking hot toddies because i was I, fighting the flu or cold or mm-hmm. whatever it was mm-hmm. i said give me another toddy and i might tell you the story
1: <laughs> <laughs> well it is uh it you know as P- it, pam always says it is another chapter for your book uh, um truly you you have such great stories and they're fun to share oh they man, really are oh my gosh crazy.
2: But there were a bunch of guys that were they were really nice. There was um Carol Vadnay was uh he would come around. He was very nice, but he was very low key. Mm-hmm. Uh the Maloney brothers, um Don and Dave I think it was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, Ron Duguay. Eh. <laughs> he
0: was
1: he
2: was he was like um I don't know, he he got he did this like, Jordache Jeans commercial.
1: Oh, yeah. I love whatever. it.
2: Whatever, uh, But he was very good looking, and, and all the girls were always after him. Always oh, after
1: yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Which I always think is kind of fun just to sit back and watch. Like, you know, <laughs> I love people watching, as you know, and um, one of the favorite, because I had worked in bars, it's really one of my favorite things to just go sit at the bar and watch Kind of watch who's trying to meet whom, oh, who yeah. is with whom, mm-hmm. what what annex are happening. It's 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 really it is it's better than Netflix in some ways. Some um, although P- Betty does think you need a miniseries on Netflix, <laughs> and she also says she wants to be like you. Don't be like and, me. <laughs> and Karen actually got to, you know, we I got I I got the picture with the cutout. But Karen actually sang for Pope John Paul II at the Vatican and had an opportunity to shake his hand. You should so write that, the book, Karen. It is fairly phenomenal. I have to say I'm, I'm in awe of the people I know because Karen is the second person I know who sang for the Pope John Paul II at the Vatican. My friend Suzanne has also really? had that opportunity. Yes. Yes. That's now nice. think about that. I, I think it's, I think I just know lots of really amazing, talented women, I think is the, the moral of that story. And yes, Karen should write a book as well. I well, agree, Betty. Yeah,
2: I, the closest thing to the Pope besides waving off the side of the road was my Late uncle um, had rosaries that his aunt Mary brought him. She mm-hmm. had been on the quote unquote grand tour when she was mm-hmm. young, and had gotten uh, rosaries blessed by Pope Pius.
1: Oh wow! And,
2: and she gave them to him. And when my uncle Jimmy was killed in World War Two. Uh, of course, my grandfather and grandmother got all his effects, and my mm-hmm. grandfather gave me the rosaries, and I still have them. So. Oh, that's
1: beautiful. Uh, Betty says that she just sings to herself in the shower. I so. sing on
2: podcasts, and I can't sing at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you're so musical. music. You have such a musical soul. Pam, it's it's all good. It's all quick, good.
2: You know there there was there's an old line: if you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. So that's what I am.
0: <laughs> <With music. laughs> I love
1: it. I'm looking forward to having Karen join us next week. Yes, um, And our too. celebratory.
2: We're looking forward Pod to that
1: celebrating
2: uh, the uh, Casia's birthday. So,
1: and uh, it's going to be a.
2: <laughs> Karen,
1: Karen is shy with her singing, and Betty thinks you guys should do a, a Christmas album. So,
2: I'd be like the drunken Dean Martin. <laughs>
1: Oh, my Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's pretty scary. I love and it. It's pretty scary. Although I love it. From I
2: understand Dean Martin used to use iced tea in his glass when he was performing.
1: <laughs> but Yes, I, I understand that, too. But, boy, he was good at that. He really, yes, he really was. talented. Yes, and Betty says, party, party, party. Yes. That's right.
2: For Acacia's birthday. Looking forward to it. Yes. Her.
1: Yes, I hope you can all join us next week.
2: Yes, I hope so, too. So I'm going to leave us with a little Sergio Mendez in Brazil 66, who Harrison Ford built a studio on his property in California for him, uh, with the one-note samba, and it's the Spanish flea. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. Oh